1: Hi guys, welcome to Adulting. This is the podcast where I try to figure out all the things that we're supposed to know and how all the different socio-political and cultural factors affect the way that we grow up as humans in today's society. And I have two guests with me this week. I have Doris and Valerie. And they are both women who have come over to the UK to seek asylum because they are part of the LGBTQ community. And where their home is, they felt like they couldn't be there because of the way that their society deemed their sexuality. And they've come over to the UK in order to find a safe place. But unfortunately, it seems that we still don't really humanise people as much as we might like to. And I just wanted to talk to them about their stories how they're getting on, and just really what it means to grow up when you're not only feeling different because of your sexuality, but then you're also displaced from your family and your home. So I think, first of all, I'm just going to have a chat with Doris. Hello!
2: I'm Doris from Cameroon. I'm just here with... Anoni. Anoni and Philly and my friend Valerie. So we're here to talk about our sexuality and how we've come to realise and how we've come to, you know, like... Uh, interact and you know have the sense of belonging with other LGBT people in the United Kingdom because we didn't have that privilege back home but now you know it's like freedom to us because we belong in a community where LGBT is more acceptable so I feel more comfortable in my sexuality right now. That's so
1: good so what happened can we talk about when you're at home when you when you like came out or when you understood your sexuality what kind of happened?
2: Literally um it's it was kind of difficult because he also had, a, I was in secondary school, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I didn't know exactly what was happening to me at that age because, you know, back home, we grew up, I grew up from a religious background, yeah. my parents were Christian, so it was kind of really difficult for me having to live with your your parents who were both Christians. So when I realized in secondary school, I was like, you know, I had that sense of confusion mm-hmm. going on within me because I didn't quite understand. Like, I didn't have a good understanding of my sexuality at that stage. Because I I had this strong crush on my best friend. So yeah. I didn't know what to talk to. I couldn't talk to my parents because I was so scared they were going to reject me as well. And I couldn't talk to my teachers at school. Because in school, the way we were taught in schools, like, we had this kind of strict, like, since I'm from a strict community, they only stopped, we only knew about sexuality when we thought in biology. Right. So they didn't teach anything. To, like, we didn't go beyond that. Like, right. male and female relationship, we didn't go beyond. So I, I didn't have any knowledge about female-to-female female relationship or male-to-male male relationship. So I only knew about male-to-female and female-to-male. So yeah. I was like, what's happening to me? And I went on for nights. I cried for nights. Mm. I, like It was really like, you know, as a child at that age it was traumatizing to be quite, it was quite difficult for me. And when I went to high school, I went to a boarding school and it was a Christian school as well. So I didn't really have that, you know, there wasn't that knowledge at all because in school too, it got worse because my pastors in school, they called them vicars. What they taught us in school was that um, homosexuality is a sin. Mm. That's the knowledge now. At that age, I caught about like homosexuality because they had this verse in the Bible that they always related to like Sodom and Gomorrah. So I was like, what do you mean by homosexuality? is a sin. So I didn't even know the meaning of, like, they said um, those people in Sodom, whatever, they gave some kind of example said that already. It planted something in my brain. I was like, but what is happening? So when I went to university, there was that freedom. At least there was a bit because I, I had to go to the internet because back when we didn't have, you know, years ago, there wasn't no technology. Yeah, there was nothing. We didn't have this um, smartphone that we have hmm. today. We have all these WhatsApp. So we had nothing. So when I went to uni then, so I did my research, at least uni, it was different. At least I was there on my own my parents rented me apartment to live. So I said, okay, let me find more. Let me know more about my sexuality because like there's something going on. That I don't know. Yeah. So I went to the internet myself one evening, I Googled on the internet. So I had to research a lot about it. So I, that was when I realized that honestly, what, is, what they think of lesbian and being a gay person is actually a criminal offence back mm-hmm. home. That's what I got to know about it because it, initially I thought it was a sin, but then mm. it was a criminal offence as well. So I became so scared, like, okay, now I'm in the university. If I had to live openly now, I would get arrested. So it was kind of difficult. There were things that I really liked to do, like physically. I like to color my hair. Mm-hmm. I like to, I love tattoo, to be honest. I'm some kind of person that do love tattooing mm-hmm. my body. But I couldn't do all of that because I was like so scared. I was scared because those, back home, mere suspicion, if the authorities suspect that you have tattoo on your body, you have this color, short hair, they know that you're a lesbian. So they look more, they base their own their own ideology on your physical appearance, which was something that was really It was so frightening to me. I couldn't, that's why my hair today, because I grew up with that fear already because I didn't want to keep short hair. I didn't want to have tattoo my body. It was like me exposing myself just to that. You can't be yourself. So you can't be yourself. So it was kind of really difficult for me to live openly back home. Mm. So I had to go in my closet, which was something that I didn't want to, because it's like you're trying to hide your own identity. Mm. I was living a life of somebody else. It wasn't me. I was crying night like, like I spent nights. My mom even took note of me, like what what was happening to me? But I didn't want to talk to her because I, t- I knew if I told her I knew what she was, I knew how she was gonna to react to it yeah. anyways, I didn't just want to say it. So she became worried, she thought maybe there was somebody there was one guy to her, she told me there was one guy, but I didn't want to even say it that about my sexuality. Because okay. she said it was one day she said, you know what? It feels like because my sister was abroad already. She said you need to travel abroad to meet your sister. So you need this change of environment. Right. So, so that was like a great opportunity for me to leave Cameroon. When she said you have to travel, because she actually sponsored my studies abroad. So I was like, Oh. And I asked her, I asked her, what exactly do you want to send me? Because I didn't want her to send me to any other country. I was like, I was so keen on that. When she said United Kingdom, I was like, right, Because I knew UK was a country that was LGBT. Like, they were more tolerant yeah. of LGBT people. So I was like, oh, thank you. When she said that, I was like, and my girlfriend too was in the United Kingdom then. Oh, so great. that was like a huge relief for me at that point. I was so happy when she said it and when the application went through was so plain. when I came I continued my relationship with my girlfriend when I came abroad oh that's
1: yeah. amazing so
2: that was it. even though when I came here abroad too it wasn't easy at all because it's not as we Cameroon as we always live in a community right we grew in a community and when we came when I came here I also had to live in that Cameroon community so it wasn't easy for me to just come over and just tell even though UK was a country that was more you know, LGBT accepting but I couldn't just come and start living openly, putting tattoo on my body because I was living with my aunt as well. Right. My auntie was kind of pressed, She's difficult too. So I was like, okay, if she finds out that I'm a lesbian, maybe she might throw me out. So I said no. So it's like all this kind of thing. I didn't want those Cameroonians to know that I'm also a lesbian. So I had to keep everything in hiding until I finally, you know, I gave me contact. We Say It Loud Club, they actually helped me. That was fun yeah. because it's something that, yeah, you need that courage to actually talk about your sexuality. So, yeah, yeah,
1: Say It Loud is, is, a, is a charity that's funded by Help Refugees. Absolutely. And it's for LGBTQ plus communities specifically that yeah. have been displaced yeah. in order to help you kind of yeah. find your home in a new place kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, yeah, so with Say It Loud, when I started, it, was, it wasn't easy as well. I went there, I saw other women. You know, they were telling me their story. You know, when you listen to other women, especially from Africa, they were talking about their own stories. And I really got inspired. And I listened to the story of Alicia as well. Each time he says his story, I just get inspired every day. So from there, I was so inspired by listening to their stories. I gained that confidence to actually go out. You know, that was where I grew. I gained my confidence to actually go out and start talking about my sexuality and today I'm so proud of myself because what mm. I've learned so far because I've run many projects with Say It Loud Club I started as a service user and I grew up I became a volunteer I did volunteer with Say It Loud Club and then I became a team leader and today I'm an ambassador of Say It Loud Club oh, wow. because me sharing my own story too, I've also helped to inspire many women as well Good. it's something that now I feel so comfortable in myself I'm not scared to go out there and talk about my sexuality anymore which was something that I wish I could have done a long time ago You when know, I actually realized what I'm doing right now at times I regret what why I haven't done this long time ago. Because the other day I also did a podcast. Actually, oh really? Yeah, I did a podcast at Regent's Park. Oh, amazing! With, um, so a bit more Absolutely. <laughs> so I did one, and the crowd. I actually today mm-hmm. tell me. I need to know the crowd because it was like. 1200 people I went mm. like wow I said okay this is yeah of course oh, yeah, I was there's like no counter, yeah sorry. so I was
1: like okay great That's
2: okay. <laughs> it's down so, so it's no. something that when I keep it's something I really feel like you know what? this is me I've actually come to accept myself you know be I was so happy like you know I'm now part of a community that has been there for me they've fought for me they've supported me throughout throughout my coming out stage to be honest so i feel like i owe them a lot i feel like i belong to a community that's accepted me for who i am yeah they love me for who i am and i love them so much so it's something that i can't just do without and I, seriously the project that we ran with um help refugee was i wanted to come to do my t-shirt i thought they were oh, gonna yeah. i was like oh my gosh <laughs> 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 yeah seriously they came into our charity. They were like a blessing. You know, at time at when you say in your own corner, not everybody can recognize your charity. But Help Refugee, they actually recognize our charity. Yeah. It was something that was mind-blowing, to be honest with you. When I saw they worked the date, they found they raised the for our charity. I went home, I cried. I told my, mm-hmm. my coordinator, you know what? I don't know. I, I can't stop thanking Help Refugee. Each day I go to their Twitter page, I just look. I say, I don't know what I can do, but I know I need to do something because they've done so much to us that where we are today, I wanna to say thank you so much to Philly. Thank you for Tom thank you to Tom and thank you to Help Refugee. You make us so proud. You give us that sense of belonging in the community. Because through that choose love t-shirt, many people, in know, when I went to the podcast, so many people wearing the t shirt. I was so proud. They, they didn't understand. It's like, that is us. I could see yeah. myself in the t shirt. I was like, oh, God, I You're was there. Represented. Absolutely. I was like, it's something like, it's a feeling that you cannot be bought with money.
1: No.
2: Absolutely. It's something that when I see, I just say, you people are you are amazing, and I will keep saying it. thank you so much. They are the kind of people that when you say they've helped us, and I will say they've helped us. And when I want to go through and how they've helped other refugees as well. It's not like being a refugee most people always think that being a refugee you are they you're being left out in the community, mm. but they came and they it's about showing that signs like refugees are not just refugees they yeah. are they also they are human beings, Yes. They also have some qualities. So they accepted us as yeah. refugees and they fought our cause. So it's like, thank going. you. It's amazing. Thank you, Philly. Thank you so much. So I'm so proud. When is it, I'm so proud. Yeah, I'm so proud to be a refugee, to be honest. Oh, and that's a lovely thing to say. I'm so proud to be one. So thank you, Philly. We're all going to be crying in a minute. I mean, and I'm, I yet, to today. I'm <laughs> yet to die because of Philly, actually. You know, because of Philly, I wouldn't I have been here today. So it's, it's been a journey. It's from yeah. one stage to the other. So yeah. it's like, I'm yet to do because of hearts. Sorry, so. I haven't mentioned Philly,
1: but Philly, who works to help <laughs> refugees, is, is sat with us now. They're getting a little bit teary. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm yet to do because of hearts, So yeah. I just want to say thank you, Philly. Thank you for this great opportunity. It's something that I would, I don't know, it will stay forever. That's the thing. Yeah.
0: Still making me cry.
1: It <laughs> <Don't cry. laughs> <laughs> we'll was there forever so Do you have anything else and like your story that you want to share with us or my struggle? Have, your, yeah, your story or struggle. Yeah,
2: my story. Yeah, as I said, okay, I would say I'm from. I said I'm from a religious family. My dad passed away. That was years ago. Mm. Yeah, 27 2007. So my mom struggled before she sent me abroad. That was in 2010. But she passed away in 2016. Oh, okay. So she never found out. No, about she, your no, she, fa- no she found out in 2015. But then I was already in the United Kingdom, actually. Okay. I was already in the UK. And when she found out, like a year after, she passed away. So oh. it's like, I was so traumatized because I felt like maybe it was, maybe she couldn't bear it. No. But no. that was what I was so worried about because no. I knew she was alone. So I didn't want to talk about it to yeah. her. You know, I was so, so I was like, just barely a year after. Now she's gone. What am I going to do? I'm like, hope it's not because of that. So that thought just kept, you know, each Mm -hmm. time I see her, I'm like, maybe, maybe, but it was something beyond my control because it wasn't me who actually told her. So I don't know the Mm -hmm. way it all happened because I'm that kind of person. I do love, you know, my phones, when I go with my friends, I take pictures. I've been in relationships anyway. So it's like casual relationship. I've been out there. So I had so many pictures on my mobile phone with my friends, my girlfriends, that kind of thing. So I knew your phone is your personal phone. So we had this party at home. My sister in the UK, the one that's mentioned, she had a party. So she organised friends. She she called for like very close family friends to come over for the. It was a New Year's party actually. So that morning, I phoned my mom that early morning to wish her happy new year so i told her that we're having a party this afternoon so i'll be going to my sister's place to celebrate she said if i told her that i'm going to ring her later in the evening she said okay when because she calls me like every day she said okay when the party is over i should ring her i said okay that's fine so when i went there the party was great i was cooking and everything because it was like an open plan flat so they were partying i was busy in the kitchen so one of the, the one little girl there was a little. She was three years old. She was crying. So I just said, oh. And the parents were really having fun. You know what? You just want to like, have fun and you just forget mm-hmm. about your kid for a moment. So the child was crying. I said, okay, let me just give her my phone to listen to. Is it Pepper Pig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They love, Peppa
1: they Peppa love Pig. They love that. Obsessed.
2: So I just like, okay, so that at least she can stop crying. So I just gave it to her. I never knew that would cost. Oh, they went on your phone? She was there. It's like she thought the phone was the mom's phone. So I gave it to her. She was listening to it. So she handed my phone to the mom. Oh, no that kind of thing so she was some people so are so curious that's that's really. that's my Cameroonian yeah. community that's how they are they want to know things so she was just going through mm. I had pictures from my girlfriend mm. so your sister didn't know before my sister didn't even know because I didn't want to tell her either she saw those pictures it's like she went and told my sister I don't know. it was my sister that actually came and called me when I went in she was just crying I didn't know what to say you know when because I wanted to be the one to tell her. Mm. So it was heartbreaking for me to see her cry. She was crying not because she she was ashamed for me being a lesbian woman. It was like, now she's not the only person who knows about it. Other people know about and it. So her, yeah, yeah. her friends know about it. How is she going to handle this? If it was just her, at least she was just shedding tears. Do you
1: think she would have been okay
2: with your sexuality, your sister? She would have got over it? It's something, you know... My family. I, I'm from a Christian. I don't think, but with my sister, I think she would have because now, <laughs> even though we are not, we are still not in good terms. But I know she will come over it because she's in the United Kingdom. Yeah, so, so she's so, kind of. Yeah, she's that kind of. I know they all have that stage. I yeah. know that stage where she will come to a stage where she will finally accept it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just have to bear with her and like she's. Yeah. But she will come. I know she will come over it with time. That's good. Yeah. But I was just looking for the right time. I was waiting for the right time because to talk about. That kind of thing, and I was worried because I knew one day she was going to ask because of my age. You know, when they find out you're not married at a certain age, they get worried. I'm 34, and in Africa, in Cameroon, when you're 34, they'll go like, "Why are you still single? (laughs) Why are you not married? You don't have kids." You know, you get it. You know, those are the the questions that I I knew one day I had to tell my mom or my sister because when you get to a certain age, they'll definitely ask you, "Why are you not married? Why are you still single? Mm -hmm. Why Mm -hmm. don't you have kids?" So I was like, "You get to that point where I will have to open up to them," but Mm -hmm. that was the way. it's just out. unfair that it, it was, wasn't up to you absolutely so it was beyond my control so i cried i cried bird yeah that was it wait i know my mom got to know about it but i don't know who told her that's the thing i don't know who told her i can't see my sister because i wasn't there i wasn't there when she called her But you know because when i rang her in the evening, as i promised i was going to ring her she didn't pick up my phone i rang my mom she didn't pick up i thought maybe she was busy and that was, mm-hmm. and to be honest, that was the last time I spoke to my mom she, until she never called me again. Mm-hmm. And I cried for months. I don't want to, you know, there's some memories I don't want to think about. Yeah. I cried, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I cried for months until, thank God I was with my aunt, she was there. I didn't want her to know what was happening to me as well. But I cried for months. I was, this is not, it. this was what I was trying to avoid, you know. Yeah. I want a family that if you say something, you didn't know about something, they can accept you. But I know it was hard for her because she's in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to know about certain things, you don't know if... You, I didn't know if she was even safe back home. That's why I was yeah. trying, because I was scared. Cameroon is a country that maybe somebody could have persecuted her because of my own crime, my wow. own thing. They, to them, it's a crime or it's a sin. Yeah. So I was so worried. So when that happened, I was like, I don't know, to be honest, yeah. she didn't answer my phone call. I even tried to contact my sister. My sisters we were not in good terms. I left her messages. So. She never, she didn't mm, want to talk sorry. to me. Yeah. But I just thought strong, you know. At times, I just, I, I cried for months, to be honest. It was really hard until I just it one evening, you know, I need to go out there to like socialize with other, I need to make other friends as well. So I joined just meetup groups online, you know, <laughs> lesbian meetup groups. So yeah. yeah, I joined. So because I was really down. Yeah. I was down. So I went there. There are some few groups I went to attend, so I say, you know what? After my mom passed away, that was when I said to myself, I've lost everything. If my if my mom is gone. I don't have anything left. My mom and dad are gone, so mm-hmm. there's nothing left for me anyway. So, just go there and just, you know, I was I, before I was I was in my closet because of my mom. Yeah because I was scared, she's back home. I didn't know what was going to happen to her. Now she's no more, so I don't have any family, just my sister who's here. So I don't have anything to lose anyway. What, even if the whole world gets to know about it, now there is nothing to be worried about. Mm. So that's just it, so I went now. I went online, that was when I made my last girlfriend. Hannah. Mm. yes, I went on a dating site. <laughs> he was quite yeah I was just quite just to because I just wanted to go you know at times I was tired to be alone I was just yeah. tired to stay at home I just say, you know what but thank God she was the very she was very accepting as well she was she was very supportive she pulled me out when I was really down she supported me in every way emotionally I wouldn't stop thanking her to be honest mm. yeah I met her online through a dating site and we were together she talked she spoke a lot to me because a mom and dad were separated she we had a good chat together until, yeah, I told her about my journey, everything, and she was very understanding as well. She told me she would be there for me, and she was there for me when I was down. That was re- re- she was really there for me because That's I'm okay. yet. To, yeah, she was there for me. She very supportive, loving, and caring. She had yeah, she was even though she had two sons. But she made her time for me as well she was one person yeah. that i will never stop talking about yeah so that was yeah before after going through all of that i finally come i went to it was this that when we went out together me and my girlfriend so i met this friend of mine in a nightclub it's a friend uh my name is um what's the girl's name thelma Thelma, I almost forgot her name is Thelma. We met in the night. I didn't know she from Uganda, actually. When I saw her, because she's a black woman as well, I said, what are you doing here? Oh, she said, what am I doing? I said, I killed with my partner. She said, she also came with her partner. I said, okay. So we were chatting. We just exchanged numbers from there. Then she invi- There was a day we were just chatting on the phone. There was one day she invited me to church. She said, oh, there's this program in church. I said, which church? She said, MCC. I said, I don't know if MCC. So why not? She says a gay friend, it's an LGBT friend of the church. Yeah, you heard of it? Only literally. Valerie is just telling me. I was like, really. I said I've never heard of that. She said, "Oh, you need to come there. They have they they had one program in church that she was inviting me to come. My partner. She said it would be lovely. I said, okay, I'll try. Said, I'll talk to her if she was, she's really willing to come. They will come together. I spoke to my partner and she was really willing to go. I said, okay, let's go let's go to church. So we went there. It was great. When I went there, you know, when you're in a space where you see other poor like you, yeah. you have that sense of belong. There was something that I felt because I've been to other churches. I'm a Pentecostal Christian. Yeah. You've been to a church where a pastor will preach about, they'll preach against your sexuality. You feel like... Excluded. Absolutely. Mm. So at times, I just feel like I don't want to go to church. When I went to that church, I, the atmosphere was different. Everything... When I stepped out, I went like, this is where... I belong good that was it I said to myself this is a church I've been looking for for years so I've been going to that church ever since that was in 2017 I started going to that church in October 2017 so till today I've, I'm even in the choir I sing oh, in the choir like so almost every Sunday <laughs> yeah seriously it's something that you know when you're somewhere that you feel like yes this is it mm-hmm. so I can't like that church they helped me to like I've seen, now I tend to understand the Bible in a different perspective. Yeah. I know that God created all of us for a reason. Because the way the pastors were preaching against us, now I've come to understand the Bible in a deeper way. Mm-hmm. It's not that, homosexuality is not written anywhere in the Bible. It's just what, the, the pastor preach what they want to preach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know God created me for a reason. Sarah, I'm so happy to be good. I don't know, that church was the, the best thing that happened to me. Will you just
1: have as much
2: right as anyone else to feel like this is your world? Yeah, yeah. and they always say, yeah, there is no fear in love. There is no how. If you want to love a woman, why should you fear? Like, you shouldn't have that fear to be in love with a woman, or a man shouldn't have that fear to be in love with another man. Love is love. God said we should love one another. Yeah. So why should you say, why should you tell me that I shouldn't love another woman? Because, I don't know, it's not written anywhere in the Bible, so... Mm. So that alone has just, you know, it helped me a lot. So it helped to build my confidence as well. Like now, okay, there's no feeling in love, so I can naturally love a woman, too. Good, which is good. I'm, al- I'm already in love with a woman, so it's not like, so at least the Bible says that as well. So I'm happy with that. Religion is not against it, which is good. The law is not against it, which is good, which was something that in Cameroon, the law is against it and the religion is against it. So yeah, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, so that in so when I sat down from there, I was so placed until I sat again. Another thing that drew me to say loud club was, was that t- towards the end of that year, I was watching TV. You know of this Harvey Weinstein? Elements. Um, Amer- we, yeah, uh, that his Winston. program. Oh, in America. Yeah. When I sat course. and I listened to, I was watching TV one evening. I saw women talking about how he assaulted them, what they've been through, and they kept it for years. It's like. We all have a journey. Yeah. People don't come out for a reason. Yeah. So that also inspired me. so you thought no. so that was
1: powerful. It was
2: a powerful thing. I saw Angela Julie. I couldn't believe that those celebrities have gone through honestly, when they came I was like, oh. So you have gone through this for years and you just get quiet. So it's now that, like, so something must trigger something. It's that shame. So it's we that, need to get rid of shame. Absolutely. So it's like that also added something in me. I'm like, mm. okay, you know what? You need to go out there. That thing that you've been suppressing for years, that thing, you need to go out there and start talking about it. So you need to be, other people. you need to, that is it. So I sat one day. I went to UK UKLGIJ. I told them that, you know what? I need help. They say mm. okay you go to say it loud club. i say what to say it loud club They say, this they say go to king's cross you say it i say okay i went to say it loud club i met aloysius i said i need to talk to you that was where my journey started so i spoke to aloysius honestly I've been through counselling, I went through counselling because each I talk about my story, they have really helped me. Before, I couldn't talk about my story like this. I would cry until, yeah. but through the counselling today, I can You're actually, strong I, about absolutely. sir. So I've been through counselling and it was great. So it's been a journey. When you listen to other people, then now me too, I tend to inspire other people through my own stories. Well, when I tell them, they go like, you know what, I'm so proud of you. I see because you can't be proud of yourself if you can't go out there and talk about yourself. Yeah. If it, yeah, if I just sit there, then I say no. I, I, to me, I believe I'm not doing enough. If I can inspire other people by sharing my own story and now I've done something, yeah, that's just what I, that's how I feel. If people, if somebody comes to me like the other day, somebody came and said, "Oh, you know what? I saw you on TV." I said, "TV." I said, I didn't see that. (laughs) They say, many people tell me I saw you. I said, wow. I said, I don't know. I said, wow. I feel like a celebrity (laughs) now. They said, no, I've read your story as well online. I said, really? I said, oh, that's good. You know, when people get inspired by such things, you feel like you're actually contributing to people's lives. That's what. So that's what I really like. Like, go out there, say something. People come back to you and say, no, I read the story. So please, there's something. I've been holding mine for years. So now I feel like sharing mine to you as well. I go, like, really? That's how I started it as well you get to a point that when you listen to somebody's story that then you gain that confidence where you feel like now you have the courage to talk about your own and story and you're not alone you absolutely as well. i'm not a, i belong to a community and we have a backing help refugees <laughs> <The pianos. laughs> that's amazing <laughs> seriously Yeah, I know I'm not alone. I belong to a community. No, you're amazing. Community. You're not you. alone. Oh, and no. you're not
1: alone today. Absolutely. So I do to have Valerie. Can I get you guys to swap seats? Is that okay, but wow. thank you so much, thank Doris. You. That was amazing. Thank you. So, Valerie, you're also from Cameroon. Yeah. And you're also a lesbian. Yes. And, but with you, like, I feel like you also had a really difficult time. I mean, could
3: you talk us a little bit more about what happened at home and how yeah everything started when i was 17 in the college so in the college i went out with friends and everything so we went we we finished like really late we were really drunk we went home and me and my friend we were sleeping in the same bed i didn't know that she was lesbian yeah so she started touching me anyhow and I felt like, what are you doing? You know, I felt really ashamed. Like, no, don't touch me, anything. Mm. And by 4 o'clock, she's still 4 o'clock in the morning. She started again. So I was like, okay, you know, I was feeling good. But I yeah. didn't want her to know that I was feeling good. So right. I left her do everything, you know. So, and the next day, I was feeling really ashamed. Mm. So I didn't talk to her for like a week. And after, she came to me and we started talking about that. And... That's how we started our relationship,
1: yeah. And so then after that, you kind of thought, actually, maybe I quite liked that. Yeah, maybe I like women, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Because I kind of have a, to see a woman, it's like, oh, this girl is really nice, not yeah. because I like her body or everything, but because I think that, oh, she's really attractive, yeah. you know. So that's how it started. And after that, we have a really high hiding relationship for like a, a month. You know, because we were going, it was the end of the college, uh, uh, the end of the college. So when I was graduate, she got graduate as well. We went out different universities. So I went outside when I was living before. So when I went there, I was in the university. We have women. I mean, like girls have their own uh, block, like home and everything. So I was sharing a home with another girls as well. And one day I heard, you know, she was talking on the phone with someone. I didn't really know. You know, the conversation was kind of suspicious, you know. Like, talking to a girl on the phone like your boyfriend or like a girl, right. I think it's a little bit different. So, I didn't know how I'm going to talk to her. But... We start to be friends, just like friends, we are going out, we start knowing each you know how you know, build a, a yeah, like a, a relationship. Yeah. We start building like a friendship first of all. Yeah. Until we know that okay, something's going on, you know? Yeah. It's like okay, this girl, me and her, we can we, we, we have something in common. Yeah. So that's how we start a relationship as well. And she was in that uh city for like a long time ago. So she know really a little bit everything okay. there. So that's how we started a relationship. And we started to see each other every time. We even moved together to the same place. So after that, we have one guy who was like, he wanted to date one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was all the time behind us. Every time we were going, we were like, you know, like he was falling us. So one day I was in her, in her house and the window, everything was closed because you can't just be like that and start kissing someone because you know that it, could come yeah, out. come someone to catch you. But we don't know what happened. So he came by the window and opened the door. So that's how we get caught and. He called all the neighbors and everything. They came. They started, you know, screaming at us. This is not good. This, what are you doing? They were started. They even wanted to beat us. So then, what? Well, the police came, and you know, police not something really that we should be part of it. But yeah. they took us to the police station, and they kept us there for like two days. And after, they didn't have any evidence about that because he, he just said that. So they released us. And after something else happened, you know, like I, I, we have a friend together, like one friend, we were always talking to her like, oh, do you know, what do you think about um, homosexuality? What do you think? She was like really kind. She was like, no, I don't really mind this kind of thing. Everybody can do whatever you want. Yeah. And what do you think if you have a friend that is like that? She was really kind. We were talking about her for like years, you know, she was really okay with that. So, but after that, we tried to tell her, like, listen, me and her, we dating together. But this was really a bad thing <laughs> that happened that time because she went out, she told her family, and her family told all other people, so we get caught and everything. That was the, another time that we went to jail.
1: What,
3: when you in prison, what was that like? What did they treat you like? Are they... It was really bad because we stayed there for, like, a week, and they even went with my friend. Mm. they were swearing on us yeah. I mean they were like this is malediction you can't do th- things like that we're going to put you in the prison you're going to stay here all they're your the life they the people that should be
1: like, protecting you as well like, exactly. they're not
3: there to hurt yeah. you so they were like we're going to put you in the prison this is not fair lucky us my friend like Cameroon is a correction country you know so she just gave some cash she have a friend outside she right. called that friend so the friend gave some money to one of the guards so he let us go away and I was really lucky that month was the month that my, I have um, I mean I was doing my application to come to the UK already yeah. to study so I was really lucky when we skipped the jail in this was in different country, so I went back to my call to my city. That's when I fly, but I didn't even tell my friend I was flying because I was so scared about my family is gonna know mm-hmm. this and that, and I was really really scared. I was even crying when I get the confirmation that I'm coming to the UK. I was like, oh my god, this is really big thing. It's coming the right time, you know? So I was really happy. So I fly to the UK. My family didn't know that, that I was lesbian and everything. But they pay my school fee, you know, everything. They were happy for me to come and study in the UK. So when I came to the, to the UK... I didn't know anything about, you know, I'm not that social girl, so I didn't know anything about LGBT things like this. So you were still trying to hide it? Yeah, I was still trying to hide it. And I didn't know how to expose myself in the country like this because right. this is really different culture for me. I'm coming yeah. in Africa, it's different, it's really, really different. Everything is really different. And because I really faced with police back home, I couldn't go to a policeman to say, okay, listen... I've been doing this to my country. What do you think I should do here? You're yeah, exactly, yeah. so I went to school. Everything was fine until one day when my name come on the newspaper in my country, you know, like oh, okay, this girl she's a lesbian they the were ref- yeah, they were referring me to you know kind of like gangster group in there yeah, in th- that place I was studying in boya, so they, that's when one of my friends family friend. He saw the newspaper with my name on it. He went to give that to my mom. When my mom saw that, that's where she called me and she said, forgot about me. Even your school, I'm not going to pay anymore. Everything, I'm not going to pay. So I was really devastated. I was like, what am I going to do? And I stopped, I stopped going to school because there was no one who have to pay my fee. And that's when I applied for I mean my visa expired. Yeah. And I have one of my friends who came and said to me, Okay, you you were talking I know you I know a little bit your story back home because was a really good friend, you know, it's really good. He's like open mind, doesn't care about nothing. Yeah. He said, Okay, I don't know exactly how it's work here, but you know, I can do an application for you for uh, because of your sexuality. Seek Asylum? No, I wasn't Seek Asylum. It was, like, human rights. Right. Yeah. So, he did that. But, unfortunately for me, I didn't have the fee to pay. Oh. So, they rejected my application because the fee wasn't paid. And so I what get...
1: was what was it for, sorry? was, the the, like,
3: human right, based of my sexuality. In the
1: UK? What, yeah, think, in the okay. UK. Yeah.
3: So... My application was rejected because I didn't have the, the fee. And how much was the fee? Our fee was something like six hundred pounds or four hundred pounds. So A lot yeah. of money. Yeah. yeah. So I got caught with red. So I got the one day I was at home in the home office, I don't know if it's the home office or whatever. So they came <laughs> they came to my house, they called me and I was that day they when they took me I was in the home, they came, I was, I was living in Silver Bush. they took me to Hammersmith Police Station, and I stayed there for two days, was like in the jail again, so... Because your visa has expired? Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, and because the application I did, I couldn't, you know, yeah, I couldn't yeah. go further, so I was in the jail for two days, mm. sleeping, like, uh, you know, prison, everything, yeah. and I couldn't even eat for two days, even shower. So, after two days, home office again, they come and they ask me a lot, a lot of questions. I was like, what am I doing? So, they took me to the deposition center. I don't remember. even It's or something like that. Right, okay. So, I was there for two days. And after I don't know what happened, they told me like, oh, you release." released.
0: Okay.
3: But inside then... My one of my friends told me you should apply for asylum, you know, yeah. because it's the same thing that you did on your application at, and it's free at home. If you were caught being a lesbian at home, you could you're at risk of being killed, did you
1: say? yeah, exactly. So you literally can't go home because your life
3: is on the line because of your sexuality, exactly. That's the thing. So when I was in the deportation, I applied for asylum, mm-hmm. and after that, uh, I was released. In That's everything. They start sending me, "Marka, your interview is this and this." I didn't know nothing about application asylum process. I'm in London. I'm alone. I don't have family. I'm not working. How am I gonna get friends? You know, so I didn't know nothing about that. So I just write my story on my own. I write my story and everything. So the day of my the day of my interview, I went there with everything. Yeah, I was. They asked me for like more like more than two hundred questions, you know, yeah oh gosh. asking me about this, I need to give this day, I need to be like exactly give the date, I need to talk about everything, all the experience and everything, so this is what I did, and after that, I wait for two years and a half to get the decision and so you told them you were like I basically I need to live here because it's not safe for me to go back home because
1: yeah. of my sexuality. And you gave them evidence, etc. And then they just said,
3: "Yeah, after, you have to wait. after." Yeah, after two years and a half, they sent me... This was in January 2018. Yeah. They sent me a letter to say, oh, we don't believe that you're gay. We don't believe that you cannot go back to your country mm-hmm. We think you are li- you lying and everything like that, yeah.
1: And in the time between like you ap- apply and now, how have you lived? Like, what how have you had money? Because you're not allowed to work, are you? Until no, that application
3: goes through. No, I'm not. So I have one of my friends who's um, I was going to the church before when mm-hmm. I was leaving So he, when I told him about my spring, he's really old, he's like seventeen years old man. So mm-hmm. yeah, he told me, oh, listen, I have a flat. You can come and take care of me. You know yeah so kind. yeah exactly, so I went there and I started living with him, and he's you know he's an old man, I take care of him and when we have food, we eat. When we don't have, we, you know, yeah. we just stay like that. But it's really helpful.
1: For me, I find this so interesting because I'm not religious at all. And I think that sometimes religion, especially for you guys, in terms of your sexuality, that's mm-hmm. what's caused a lot of the problems. But at the same time, religion is clearly a massive community yeah, that yeah. saves you in so many ways. Yeah. Like this man that's helping yeah. you out, that's really unusual. I don't know many people that would just take someone in. Yeah. So it's interesting that, to see that but so like now your situation is you're still just waiting to find out and they won't believe and you've given evidence as to why your sexuality is, is is and and how many people are in your position do you think how many women are in in like in the UK or in Cameroon trying to get out and trying
3: to I think there's a lot a lot of people because even the community I am now there's a lot of people that you know they've been in this situation for like a long mm. but they can't come out because sometimes you you can't just speak. Some people are really ashamed to speak, you know. So it's really difficult. You need yeah. to find a way to talk, you know. When it's like, and really in fear.
1: your community that you have, like, are you are you are you, are you guys part of the same community in London? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and can can you yeah. be openly? Yeah, yeah, in that community. Yeah, you can?
3: yeah, of course. yeah, we, yeah. that's good.
1: Yeah but going forward like what do you wish could i mean obviously you said now that your like relationship with your mom is broken down but you like you feel hopeful don't you, you were saying before that yeah, you yeah
3: yeah i feel really hopeful that things is going to change and she's going to forgive me and she's going to understand mm. that you know you don't need everyone. to be forgiving though. you haven't done anything wrong <laughs> i mean because i love my mom you know stay yeah. without talking with her is just something that i can't believe i could do you know so it's really difficult yeah. Me, yeah but you haven't you don't need to be forgiven because you haven't <laughs> nothing wrong <there's> nothing <laughs> because wrong with i think sexual. that okay one day maybe she's gonna say okay i you know i understand yeah. She, yeah something like that so yeah Sorry. so
1: yeah no it's just it's just baffling for me to hear because it's it's obviously like i've lived such a privileged life where I'd even if my parents maybe didn't understand if i was gay that would just kind of be the end of it and they'd probably get over it but yeah. the fact that you guys have to go through the turmoil of your your country and your home just being like no you can't exist here you can't be here but then the other problem is when you get here you still got like the, the problems oh, that you're going through yeah. and sorry i'm gonna come doris do you have um are you able to live here easily is your like so have you got the same problem with asylum where you live here fine
2: um i would say for now to yeah. be honest with you the way i'm living my life i live very openly but do you have, like, um, a like, home? At home, work? Um, at home, I would say, because I have my uncle. That one is in the military. Oh. He threatened me, like, years ago, like, since he found out that I'm a lesbian. He said he doesn't, so... so that, you can't
1: fully come
2: out, yeah? No, I'm out already, so now, you know what? It doesn't really matter to me. Mm. Now he knows that I'm a lesbian, so to me, to be honest with you, the only thing is that if I go home, I won't be able to live openly. right. So that would be like taking my. I don't know. I can't live in the. I can't. I I, that's. I can't hide my identity anymore. I mean, I've, gone so, far, anymore. I've and, gone so far. I've gone so far that I want to really inspire people. I want to be a role model to other people. Yeah. So I can't be hiding. And you should be role models. But w- what we need is more people to understand
1: that. Like, how, how awful it is back home for you guys that you can't... So we need to be more accepting of refugees. And, like, women like you are just a woman like me. We're Absolutely. all the same. Yeah. And you should be have just as much entitlement to live here, regardless of where you're from, your sexuality, or any other factors. And I just think that's something we need to kind of try yeah. to draw home.
2: Absolutely. But the thing about back home is that it's very difficult because they work according to the law. mm Yeah, it's been ruled by the... It's a country that's been governed by the law. So it's like, since it's illegal, there is nothing. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And it's so bad because just mere suspicion of somebody being a lesbian or gay, you just get arrested. But it's because everyone's scared. It's a bit like probably your friend that told on you. She's scared of herself. Yeah, so So it's like, now, if I go home, the truth is that I can't live openly, Mm. which is something I don't want to. I can, I live open in the UK, so why do you want me to go somewhere that I'll be hiding? Yeah, I can't hide my sexuality, no. that's indirectly taking my life away. 100%. I'm, it's yeah. part of you, it's me, it's me. I don't mind, it's just me. If you tell me to go and hide somewhere, it's like you don't want me to leave, it's best to kill me, yeah, rather than me hiding. Awful. Why should I hide? You shouldn't live like absolutely. that, absolutely. So, it's something that I really wish there'll be a time, the time will come when the country they Will come to accept LGBT people for who they are, not being like they are like outcasts or they are criminals yeah. or they are, they need to accept them like human beings as well. I just hope for that time to come.
1: Like, do you know what's interesting? You just said that, and it's just made me think that you're saying your country doesn't accept LGBTQ people, and it's no not human, but that's exactly what the UK is doing with refugees because we're saying, like, you're not legal. Like, they've said to you, Valerie, that, like, you're not legally meant to be here, and they're saying to you that you're other, and we need to see that if we're sitting here on our high horse going, oh, it's fine to be LGBTQ+, and we're so open with that, then we need to re-address the way that we look at refugees and people who are in crisis areas and let you in because you can't have one and not the other and it it comes into feminism and any kind of thing like that is you have to accept everyone as equal so we're just as bad and in some ways because we're being just as alienating we might accept your sexuality but you're still not fully being registered as 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 a a human here which is really that's the
2: thing that's really hard to go to the home office because of exactly what you're saying it's Mm -hmm. like you get to a point where you have to go to the home office and explain you know already they're going to ask you questions about your sexuality. That's the most difficult thing for yeah. you to, you know, to, for a human being to go through. It's just that, it's lucky enough they don't really ask intimate questions anymore. But I know before they used to ask really intimate really questions, which is really, in truth, there are certain things that you don't need to ask somebody. No. At times you feel like... Not relevant. It's not relevant. You can't ask somebody what you... You can't be asking such questions, to no. be honest to me. You're asking for pictures, I don't know. So certain things are not... But now... I know one day, yeah, the way things are going gradually, they'll come to a point where they' will they too, the law will change where they' will have to just accept LGBT yeah. people for who they are too, being from other countries as well, I know, yeah, I know, yeah, being from here is different from us being from back home, we have to go through all of that, yeah. but I just hope one day the government will tend to understand that. Yeah, That's it I for agree. somebody to talk about their story, especially about our sexuality. It's really hard, you mm. just, yeah, especially when you've not been through counseling. I have this courage to talk to them because I've been through counseling. Yeah, those who've not gone through any sort of counseling, it's really tough. Yeah, for you to stand openly, especially when you're from Africa, it's so hard. You can't, people have been through sexual assault, they've been through a lot, they've been to prison, like what should? You yeah, you can't explain all those torture people have gone no. through, so it's really hard for somebody to explain that, then you don't believe the person. Then they tend to start bringing evidences. You need evidence to prove. Yeah, and you're it's just more believing. It's just like your life, and it's like you keep going round and round, and they refuse. You have to go through it again. It's like, now, just, just for them to believe that you are a lesbian or a gay, yeah. can you imagine what but people you
1: prefer? Women are so strong because the things you've been through, and you're so smiley and sweet and wonderful, and you're happy to come and talk to me, and you're just the loveliest people, and it, it just breaks my heart that you've been through so much and you're still sat here feeling like you have to explain
2: yourself, mm-hmm. and that's just so unfair. Mm-hmm. It's because I I belong to a community that's always fought for me, to be honest. Mm. They made me to realize that no matter what, they have my backing. That's what we all need. You need to be somewhere that you feel like you have a family. I know I have a family. Mm -hmm. I have people behind me no matter what. Even if the home office does not want to accept me, my community, they've accepted me. And that's what makes me happy. That's what keeps me going. Mm. Yeah. Help, feeling refi- has accepted me, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I'm. i I'm in a co- my church accepted me for who I am. I'm in a community that love. I love them so much. So it's not about the home of them. I know they might ask all those questions. They have every right. They might ask, but the truth is that it's where I belong. I'm so happy that I'm there today. Yeah, but that's ama- I think people could learn so much. From yeah,
1: that even just
2: saying thing. I'm happy, I'm just, just yeah. It's just like you go like pride when you go out there. Yeah. It's not just me. You see people happy mm. celebrating. Yeah, are a family. Yeah. We are together. It shows that sense of togetherness. Those yeah. are the things that we didn't have back home. Yeah. So when you come here, you see such things. You feel like, you know what? You belong to a community. We are together. And we we'll continue to fight together on the day. It's really difficult. Being an LGBT person, it's not just us. Even those who are born here, they yeah, still go, go through off. tough times too. Yeah. yeah, They do. Especially in the community. Yeah. They do go through tough times, so I don't want to say, yeah. I know we go through that. No other people, those who were born here too, they go through tough times too. Yeah, especially coming out is a stage that is tough to everybody. Some families are more accepting than others Others don't. I've been, I have friends, their families don't want to have everything to do, anything to do with them, but yeah. they were born here as well. It's like it's something that we all go through. Yeah. We all have a journey, but we just hope that one day our families will come to terms with us. Yeah, I will accept also who we are, but for them to accept us, we have to accept ourselves. Yeah, that's If you don't accept yourself, we you don't expect other people to accept you. If you're not proud of yourself, we you don't expect other people to be proud of you. It's about you. If you're ashamed of yourself, others will be ashamed of you too. That's the only. That's how I look at it. Yeah. So you just need to accept you for who you are. Be proud of yourself. So, I believe my fam- my sister will come. I know she will come to them because now she do not She has seen me on TV, so she has nothing to say. So, that's just it. So, when she keeps seeing all of that, I just believe one day she'll go, You know what? I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough. So, that's it. Yeah. She's just herself. So, that's it. So, they have to get to that point, that break even point. You know what? Take it. Let me e- I either take her for who she is now or not. That's it. So, Mr. Jenny. So, yeah.
1: That's yeah. amazing. So,. Uh, so amazing to speak to those two lovely ladies we just played musical chairs they've just moved around the table now but um philly you work help refugees um Mm -hmm. so you're often closely working with people who have been through similar situations Mm -hmm. how can we um as a people in general help or what can we do
0: well i think the like important statistic like to put a statistic on on these like true really true stories is that between 2015 and 2017 3 quarters of asylum claims on the basis of sexuality were rejected in the UK so people in the same situation as Valerie and i one of them and it's normal to be outraged by that and yeah. to have to feel like you want to do something and over the last 3 years since we since we started help refugees we've been amazed to learn as we as we go that actually writing to your mp and telling them that this is something that matters to you is is something which does work Amazing. and if enough people if we are having the conversations if we're talking even just with friends, with family, having conversations, sharing things on Facebook, reading articles, and also writing to your MP. You can find your MP's details on Write to them. If you Google Write to them, um, and you can tell them that you want them, you want to to, to see the UK doing more about uh, accepting LGBT refugees and asylum seekers quote the three quarters of people were rejected um on 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 people replying on that basis were rejected between 2015 and 2017 and say that you as as a human being and as a british citizen you're not happy with that and that's it because everyone can do that so that's a really
1: great thing to do because i never want to sometimes it's hard you know when people say like give money or Mm -hmm. not everyone is able to do that Mm -hmm. but all of us can write to our mp so that's such a good thing to know
0: yeah, I think it's really important, and and follow. You know, again, if you you follow Say It Loud Club on Facebook, you can follow us, and we will always be. We always find it really important to to be providing really tangible ways of helping. Yeah. I think in the past, charities have been sometimes untransparent about, like, what they're doing, who yeah. they're helping, we, like, want to share the stories of the amazing people that we work with, like, these two ladies here, and uh, and we want to say, we, we try to be really, really clear about this is what we're doing with your money, this is what you can do if you don't have money but you have some time, Please write to your MP constantly because yeah. it's their job and it's in their best interest to do what their constituents want. Yeah. So there's all we try to make it like there are lots of different ways you can, you know, 20 quid is one of the rainbow choose love T-shirts. Yeah. And when you buy one of those T-shirts on ASOS, um, that 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 money will go to supporting groups like Say It Louds. Um, in different countries where we work, we're working in 10 countries. So there's loads of different things you can do and it doesn't have to seem really overwhelming. Um, and and I think it can do and has historically felt scary, like yeah. knowing where to start, engaging with a cause or even picking something. But I think the important thing is just like to start, just, yeah. you know, Google Say It Loud Club, Sign up to Help Refugees newsletter, whatever it is, do something, and then your kind of journey begins. Definitely. I do think just even just kind of looking into it a bit more and just learning mm-hmm. and, and
1: being open minded. Um, I'm going to link everything below with regards to Help Refugees, Say It Loud, the t shirts, um, and any other websites that you guys think might be helpful for people to know about. But I've absolutely loved hanging from you. It's been quite an emotional time, but yeah. unbelievable. And I'm really grateful for you ladies for coming and thank doing it with me. Thank you for having us. Thank you, so thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and I will see you next week. Bye.